I took a picture of like my final stats, and Ooh. they still like were not very good. But I tried my best. What? <laughs> they didn't have good stats. I mean, they're okay. I think they're not. <laughs> oh, they don't meet your high standards. Because you know, at the end of each chapter, it gives you like the points mm. that you earned out of whatever. And I feel like I never even came close to. It. I was like, well, "What do you want me to do?" They want you to be better. The storyline like really confused me. Oh, that's unfortunate. I was going to ask you a lot of questions. <laughs> I was going to be like, hey, what happened in this game? All I know is he's chasing after this guy, but then he ends up, like, switching sides and teaming up with this guy. But they're still, like, fighting against the AI, right? Yeah. I finally beat it this morning. What are we doing next? Whose pick is it next? Yours, I think. Oh, no. No, wait. no, because this, you, this is mine because I, I. Oh, there. you did pick. Oh. No. Huh. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Let me take a look. Let me bring it up. We had some good picks, too. Yeah. Yeah, we got a combo going. <laughs> so choose wisely. Don't jinx it. I'm happy to report that wrestling is still very good. Is it? Mm-hmm. Wrestling? Yeah. Like pro wrestling? Like watching it or are you watching are you it? Wrestling? Okay. No, I would die. That would be great. I would like to someday. My five-year plan is to hit the gym constantly, get top surgery, and then go to New Japan Pro Wrestling and then have <laughs> um, Kenny Omega just suplex me off the top rope. Yeah. Through a table or no? Yeah. I hadn't considered the table before, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the table was there before, but you definitely went through it. <laughs> Where did this table come from? Table space. Isn't that a wrestling thing? Is it? Like how there's hammer space? The underneath there, of the... Yeah, there's certainly chair space. You just pull everything out of there. Yeah. This looks fun. I really wish that Steam would tell you more about the games that you, you have. Know mm, it's just like reviews and updates and it's completely useless. Yeah. You have to go to, to like their website in order to find out anything about the game. Welcome to our deep dive on the Steam game library. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> let's play a space game. Alright, let's find out which of my games are space games. Oh, I don't know. How about, let's go through them one by one. Yep. That's a bad idea. That's bad. You'd think for a Monopoly they'd have a better system. Burn, zombie, burn. Alright. I mean, you've made your choice. That's <laughs> <laughs> all so you have to go with this title. You can, you can take it back if you want. No, I don't. Okay. Well, welcome to the Backlog, the show where we make good on Steam sale promises. I'm Calix. I'm Christian. I'm Sasha. And this week's game is Hard Reset. Uh, please note that we will be getting into major spoiler territory in our deep dive, so if you don't want to get spoiled for the game, you should put this episode aside for a while. But if you finish the game or don't mind spoilers, then settle in. As a point of uh, housekeeping, I have learned there are three versions of this game. Ah! Uh, we played the second one. We played Extended Edition. Huh. There is a hard reset Redux that has also come out since uh, that I'll get into in a bit. But to start, I've heard that you liked this game, Christian, so why don't yes. you tell us about it? Okay, so this is a first-person shooter, and you are shooting machines because there's there's no people. It's artificial intelligence, and I guess this is kind of a... I don't remember what year it takes place in, but it's definitely in the future. So the whole world is kind of like this wasteland and it just has junk and all these machines and you get these really cool guns that you can shoot the, the robots with. And um, yeah, what, what else? You do get some pretty nifty guns. Yeah. It's developed by a lot of the people from People Can Fly, uh, mm. who previously would have done People Who Made Painkiller. God, that makes so much sense. Uh, it does, right? Yeah. They went on to make Shadow Warrior uh, and then Hard Reset and then Shadow Warrior 2, I believe. Actually, I don't know if they did that. I didn't. I didn't check that one up. That's just some random information that I just threw out into the world. Just introduced and without I, me. I, th- I think. I think I read that. I don't know. I could be wrong. So yeah, as uh, Christian was saying, it's a first-person shooter. It tries to harken back to the old-school ideal of the first-person shooter of the run-and-gun quake kind of always be strafing, always be shooting. Things should be blowing up, or else it's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The aesthetic is very, very cyberpunk. Like it's pretty directly linked to like Blade Runner aesthetics like uh, the planes overhead you know it it's thematically appropriate so I'm gonna keep this in it's like a lot of very vertical buildings um, as far as aesthetics go there's like it's always raining um, or at least it wasn't the first level which is as far as I got it's not always raining okay well um, oh Sasha 
Oh, me. <laughs> I guess that's the next bit, is how far did you make it? Level two. Level two? <laughs> I didn't get very far in this game. Before today, I had beat the main game, and today I went through and I finished the DLC missions. Everything after the hospital is DLC. The main game finishes with the Scarab battle. Scarab? The big spider thing, the constructor. Oh, I did the other stuff too. Yeah, so that, so that's the extended edition. Okay. Is the main game came out and ended at the spider battle, and then the extended edition added six new levels of DLC that have everything from the Crusher to the Overseer. And that's when you go outside yeah. and everything. Yeah, which would explain some of the differences that you might have noticed with suddenly they have flying enemies. Yeah. Suddenly they have these bits of data throughout the world that you'll walk up to this transponder or something and a screen will come up and it'll be like downloading information. You'll start to get storytelling in the level. That's because that was DLC. That was like the second attempt at the game. Yeah. We can talk about the core mechanics of the game. Like you said, it's very focused around your weaponry. Yeah. Which weapons did you get to try? So I tried the first two, which are the like bubble gun and then the machine gun. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a whole lot of use out of the bubble gun because I have bad aim and the rate of fire is so much slower. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw the the like upgrade screen for all the different kinds of guns. Mm-hmm. The upgrade screen is really nice. It's really the UI in this game rocks. It's really good. Uh, I very much enjoyed the way that the screens all display out, and you've got the uh, categories off to the right, and it just it's nice. A secret about this game that's not really a secret because you just didn't make it that far. Um, <laughs> Is that all the weapons in the game are variations on those first two. Oh. Uh, yeah. So you get upgrades. So the plasma gun, I think, is the one that you start with, and the machine gun. Um, which ones did you end up liking or using the most? I ended up not using the machine gun because I didn't feel like it really did much. Yeah. So I used the plasma one and then just the different variations because as you upgrade, the gun just does different stuff. Yeah. Which was really cool. So I used the one a lot where... You, I don't know how to describe this, but basically you can shoot the electricity away from you and it just kind of electrifies everything in that area. The mortar. It's basically the electric version of a grenade launcher. Because mm-hmm. its secondary fire is a stasis field, right? Is that the one you're talking about? The one where it's like the bubble. The bubble and everything slows down in there. Yeah. yeah. That one didn't work so well when you have a lot of them coming at you. I spent my time switching between the um, grenade launcher which has two, um, the primary mode is just a grenade, and if, if it hits somebody, it explodes, and if not, it just sort of bounces around for a while and then blows up. And then there's a gravity well grenade. So you'll shoot the, gra- the grenade with the secondary fire, and then it'll pull all the enemies into the same spot, which is really useful for the big enemies that rush you, because oh, that, that'll have them stuck yeah. in, in place. Those are scary. And then I would switch to uh, the mortar to launch the electric grenade, which would do, as you were saying, uh, start just electrifying everything in the area, and I would launch the suppression field or whatever to make them all slow down long enough for me to switch weapons again and just repeat the process. Then there's also, on the energy weapon, after the plasma gun, there's the, like, Tesla coil that just is the electric corollary to the shotgun and just has lightning going all over the place. It's got an EMP wave that I never used, so I don't know what uh, what it's like. Then there's the mortar... Then there's the railgun, which I only got at the end of the game. Uh, it's very powerful, well, one-shot. A- anything up to the, the humanoid figures, the ones that shoot rockets at you or yeah, jump at I you. I used the rail... What is it called? The railgun. The railgun. I used that one with the big ones that didn't really move, but they that's do a lot, a lot of rockets of damage. At you? Yes. Yeah, I hated those. I hated those so much. And I used them with the flying ones, too. Because I think you just hit them once or twice with the railgun, and then you're done. Yeah, I didn't discover that till almost the end, so I didn't get to do it a lot. Then there was also the smart gun, which will, A, tell you the names of these creatures, which is kind of cool. It'll tell you their health, and you'll be able to see them through walls, and then also you can shoot them through walls. So you'll shoot the smart gun, and the projectile will just slowly go towards them and blow up. It usually takes maybe four or five shots to take out one of the scrappers, like the humanoid ones that will jump at you and or shoot you with shotguns. And then you have like a lock-on version where you'll you'll hold the secondary fire, and there's like a three-second build-up, and then it'll shoot off a cluster of those homing ones that will kill most things. I used those primarily on bosses when I had to run around a lot. 
That was the energy side. <laughs> the ballistic side is uh, the machine gun, which I think is useless. I still used it more than the plasma gun, so mm-hmm. and, and I used the plasma gun more than I used the Tesla coil. So my tier list will be out. Um, Definitely a ranking there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then there's uh, the shotgun, which I used a lot. Especially when there were the swarms of the little... The things that look like Mausers from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah. No? Nothing? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just look like little um, little trapezoids with saw blades at the front of them. Oh, they would yeah. run at you. And then they would be accompanied by versions that are that have a helicopter blade on the top so they can fly at you. Uh, those. Hate them. Those are annoying. Uh, and then... The ones that I hate the most are the balls that roll up and roll towards you and then detonate and explode. Yeah. Those are <sighs> just fun. So much fun. Yeah. <laughs> so with all of these weapons, it sounded like a couple of them were geared towards the same kind of like laying traps for streams of, of enemies, which seemed like it was a pretty big part of at least the early game. That's a good point. I never actually used the mine layer. There is a trap layer. Ooh. But I never used it. I should have. I should have tried it out. Did you ever? No. I mean, I'm pretty much stuck to two or three things because you just have to move so quickly. You don't really have time to keep switching around. And mm. I mean, maybe I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, for what little I, I did play, the second level starts with this sort of curling hallway kind of a layout, which reminded me a lot of like tower defense in that I died a couple of times on that level just because I got overwhelmed. And I'd spent all of the traps along the way before the enemies even got there. So I was like, okay, I can't just, like, bullets are not going to be enough for this. I need to think of this, like, tactically and actually use the environment to, like, funnel them into traps and, like, guide them through geysers of flame and stuff like that. Yeah. Does that remain important and how much does, like, the grenade launcher sort of replace what those are doing? I think you always have to be a little bit mindful of the environment and where the explosives are Mm -hmm. and things like that. So, if only to not stand next to them. Right, because you, <laughs> that happens sometimes. So, yeah, pretty much throughout the entire game, the explosives can be very, very useful, especially with the really big ones that rush at you. Yeah. I did sort of start to transition away from the environmental kills because they were often too difficult to set up reliably. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would just rely on my weapon effects. Although there are a lot of cases... Well, basically this game comes down to... If you know what you're up against and you have the opportunity to make a plan, it becomes it can be trivial almost. Mm-hmm. I've had fights where I go in and just get completely stomped, and then I come back in again. And now that I know what's there, uh, oh, I'll, I set off the chain reaction correctly, and I come through unscathed and having breezed through. Right. So to to a certain extent, the environmental hazards play into that. If I know that I can just back up into this area and let the explosions take care of everything, then clears out a lot faster. In the DLC, they introduce EMP barrels. Mm. Yeah. Um, which I prefer greatly, because uh, exploding barrels hurt you, and EMP barrels just stun enemies. Mm. So it's a lot safer to try to use, to incorporate EMP barrels into your strategy, because if it backfires and blows up in your face then you've simply wasted a hazard as opposed to have dropped your shields. And mm-hmm. It's a very frenetic game pace. and What's frenetic? It's like frantic and always moving and very energetic, very chaotic. Yes. I enjoyed this game. My primary issues with it were all around not being able to switch between my weapons quickly enough or getting stuck switching weapon modes when I meant to go to something else and, and that becoming confusing. And I felt like I really needed to be able to move around a lot more. This this gameplay demanded a lot more agility from me than, than it gave me. Yeah, you didn't move very fast. Yeah. So, I was like, run! And you can only run, like, three steps, and then you're back to walking. Mm-hmm. That, that wasn't fair. The redux increases the, the distance that you can run. It gives you a dash, so you can just quickly dash in a single direction, which you can uh, recover from and then do again. Redux is the next version The, of the, the next one we didn't okay. get. It drastically increases the, or decreases the time between animations, 
so you can switch your weapons really quickly. Uh, it also introduces a weapon wheel, so you can Bioshock style pause the game and pick your weapon mode. Oh. It's got a, a new enemy that's sort of a cyborg zombie thing. Yeah, at least in that regard, it seems like they've already done everything that I would have changed. <laughs> um, and also they added a, a katana. Ooh. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's cool. So maybe we should come back to this game in, in a few years and uh, see what it's like playing the different version. Having so many versions makes it seem like... Like, I had never heard of this game before we saw it on the list, and I also didn't give it maybe any credit whatsoever, because <laughs> it, it looked so generic. But it seems like it has at least enough of a following or an audience to make several versions of the game. I don't know if it does. Looking online for information about the game is fairly sparse, partially because Hard Reset brings up a lot of non-game things when you look for it on Google. Ah. Their SEO is not... Ideal. The Redux was actually part of the re-release to consoles. So this is on, uh, I think it's on PS4 as well, um, and 360. Or was it PS3 and 360 or PS4 and Xbox One? I don't remember. Oh, PS4 so I can play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that get that katana work going. Th- those are the primary points of the gameplay uh, with this. And levels are laid out with doors that you power on or off, mostly. Mm. And those are done by pushing a button or exploding a power generator, and then just rinse and repeat. You do that a lot. Yeah, I love the user interface of this game. Like whenever there's like a little screen that you have to come up and press a button on, and when you look over it, your reticle, your aiming reticle, turns into like a mouse on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's so so good. Yeah, I liked it. It was fun pressing the button. Like yeah. open it. Yeah, I wish that there had been a reason to ever push more than just the one button. Because the other buttons are help and info and they always say nothing. Yeah, there's nothing in there. Just... That feels like part of the design got scoped out after they had built it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just like, well, we don't need this anymore, but it's already here. Whatever, leave it. What do you mean the fact that you couldn't interact with any of the other machines? No, that all the displays have three buttons on them, uh, but only one of the buttons actually does anything. Oh. And so it just seems like they just left it in there for flavor. Like, if you, if you hit the help button, it's like, call management. There's nothing there to do, except it just assumes that you know what management's number is. Yeah. Um, and then if you do info, it says something else that is equally useless to player experience. But that yeah, that feels like there was initially a plan to do more with that, and maybe that got left on the cutting room floor. But, but like, the upgrade screen is so good. And the little virus-infested booths that are, like, yelling, uh, yeah. like, clickbait at you constantly. So All those, all yeah. those stores that are like, come back. Yeah. <laughs> we have special deal just for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have one message. There was an ad that had, a, like, a little outline of a person, and it pointed at the head, and it said strength. And then it pointed at the crotch, and it said perception. <laughs> 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 I was just like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah, so because of the way that this game relies on environmental hazards, it gets to be very chaotic, primarily because of explosions, because of traditional explosions, not not like EMP explosions, because they will trigger each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so when you set off one of the little bomb guys... Uh, which is why I liked using the gravity well, especially because then if you just kill one thing, likely everything else is going to die. Mm-hmm. But it also that also worked against it a little bit in that I couldn't rely on the environmental hazards so much because they would just go off without me trying to do it right. all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I would spend my time, just as much time running away from them as using them. So, so uh, tell me about the story of this game. Hmm... So what happens in this game? As far as I got was that AI want to be real people, and for some reason we don't want that, even though AI are great and should have personhood. And then the AI was trying to shut down the defenses so they could get to like people's backup versions of themselves. At no point in the game do you ever interact with an AI directly, as far as I know. Okay, it's always just like... so. The AI is never given a personification. Mm. You start off your your major Fletcher. I don't. Are you with the police? I think so. We're like part of some force, like the government or something, and we have to check out Sector Six, right? Yeah. The opening crawl was that you worked for a corporation, basically doing defense stuff, and like other people were in it for you know safety or glory, and you were just in it for the paycheck. Or whatever. Yeah. Then you hunt down Professor Novak, and then he's like, "Aha." You found me. But that's okay. Uh, I'm in your head now. Hmm. I don't know how that worked or why. Because didn't... Okay. 
I don't know if we killed Novak or if Novak like downloaded himself into Fletcher and then yeah he yeah, downloaded yeah. himself into Fletcher and so now you're like a team in the same body or whatever so does this and mean that Fletcher is a machine Fletcher has at least some Partly. machine parts yeah um, like so something something nano machines right uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh <'cause, laughs> thank you Ocelot yeah uh, well, because also the end of the game is about assimilating the various AI matrices into your brain. I don't know what that means. So why doesn't the bigger AI just eat the other smaller AI kind of a deal? Or uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think, because you were talking about something about human backups or something like that. No? <laughs> I do not remember. I don't know. It kind of had a lot going on, and it was... But it was all really tenuously assembled. For one, most of the storytelling happens in these motion graphics cutscenes, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed for the most part. Mm-hmm. That worked for me. How'd you guys like it? I have kind of a, a low tolerance for motion comics, just as a genre. But I feel like they were maybe at times kind of slow, and I didn't really appreciate the writing all that much, but I don't know that they overstayed their welcome, so. I think it's a Polish company, which I I don't know that 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 says anything, but when sometimes the writing is a little bit strange, Mm. not necessarily good or bad, just, well, that was a weird way to say that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I chalk that up probably to translation. Yeah. I think it was helpful in that sometimes it cleared up the plot a little bit, like, what am I doing? And you're like, oh, this is this is kind of what's happening. I never knew what I was doing. But, I don't know, sometimes I was just like, okay, can we just get back to the game now? I would get to the end of a mission, and it would be like, mission completed, you made it to the factory. Oh, is that where I was going? <laughs> That's good to know. I, I never really understood what I was doing or why. How'd you feel about the performances, the voiceover? It never took me out of the game, so I wasn't like, "Wow, I'm I so believe and love this character," but mm-hmm. I wasn't ever like, "Wow, you could have hired someone who's going to do your job." No, <laughs> no, I don't know any of the characters. I got the level two. Yeah, my favorite. I think I liked Novak's voice. It yeah, was, it kind of reminded me of um, the guy from Daredevil, like the bad guy. This. Yeah, you reminded me of this. A little bit. It kind of, that crossed with, what's his name from Inspector Gadget? Claw? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> I, I like the like interactions, you know, when like he's talking to the police. Let's just call him the police. That, that was pretty cool. It kind of felt like... Um, I don't know, like you were a part of something. Like, I'm communicating with the police. This is me in the game. Yeah. And then when it was like the comic <laughs> thing, then I was just kind of like, okay, this is kind of cheesy a yeah. little bit. Especially when they did like action scenes in the comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was mostly how Fletcher spoke. I was like, this is necessary. Like, he dropped so many F bombs and it's like, you're so ah, dramatic. Fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? Ugh. That's literally how it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although there was one time I liked where he said, um, all right, let's do this thing. Kaboom. And then the automatopoeia was kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> that was silly enough for me. Did you like the art of the motion graphics at least? It was, Give me something. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It was just equally not offensive to me. Like, I really like the art in the game itself. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the second level. Uh, well, there were elements of the things I liked in the first level in the second level, but the second level is mostly just, like, going into warehouses and deactivating stuff, and warehouses are not interesting places. Yeah. Um, or at least weren't in, in this case. But the city streets, the billboards, which would play, like, a little audio thing, like a little two to three second video when you looked at them, was really cool. All the really pretty and funny touches to this game, I, I really enjoyed. And so the comics, the motion comics were mostly stripping that stuff out just to focus on the story and also on the gritty, noir, cyberpunk part. I mean, it's the only place that that stuff really existed. Yeah, um, which is why I didn't like them. (laughs) (laughs) They just weren't as as interesting to me as the rest of the game. Hmm. I'd say I have to agree. It was was like two different styles. Mm. Although, as far as the strictly art perspective of the motion graphics, I did kind of enjoy the style. Usually no more than three colors. Mm. um, Very sketchy, concept art looking stuff. I generally enjoyed that aspect of it. Mm. Although the very, very end, the credits has a cutscene that consists of Fletcher and somebody 
who has just been introduced getting into a helicopter and flying away. Weird. Yeah. When you when you escape, when you get to Haven. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the credits roll. And there's a person named Anita Cyborg on the audio team, so I just wanted to point that out. That's so good. <laughs> Shout out to Anita Cyborg. <laughs> you legend of a person. Yeah. I really liked the uh, audio design in this game, too. Mm. The music in particular, especially the ambient music. Mm. Uh, it gets scary. Sometimes. Yeah, it was really cool. Wandering around and there's like a cross between the violin shrieking that you would hear in like a Bioshock game mm. and cables whipping back and forth that you would hear in like Transformers or something like that. The, mm. Just a really compelling audio design. There were some parts of it that were a little bit less so. Like some of the, the like footsteps and things like that were a little bit stock. Like boot on grate. I've heard that audio file before. <laughs> Harsh. It scared me sometimes. I was like, who's behind me? Yeah, oh, it was, it's like, me. Oh, it was me. <laughs> I felt like the visual style um, really took a step up uh, in the DLC, starting with the Crusher when you're in that garbage area and there's all the plants around. And those big walls that yeah. kill you. Yeah. yeah. I made it through that with just luck. I was like, whoa, how did I get through that? <laughs> just run. <laughs> also, this game runs really well. I was very surprised. Yeah. Um, it's very, very pretty, and there's a lot happening on screen, and it runs like a dream on my garbage toaster over the computer. Hmm. Yeah. I had to crash during the fight with the Overseer, which, like, I had to restart my computer. You know, oh, wow. Like, We're done. We're just going to be stuck right here. Was Overseer the doll yeah. giant man? No, no, no. That was Atlas. The large right, humanoid that is Atlas. And then... Um, and I, I remember walking out to that and being like, ooh, I can't wait to fight you. And then I was like, whoop, should have been careful what I wish for. <laughs> oh no. I have never fought anything in a game that was that large. So I was like, what do I do? And, you know, it didn't occur to me. I didn't notice that you had to shoot certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. So I could have beat it a lot sooner than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was just shooting at the chest head area, but you're supposed to like hit the armor and stuff. Because I was like, why are the hands glowing? Like, I thought that was part of its attack or something. No, you're supposed to shoot the fists or whatever, because that's how it shoots you. Those are the guns. So yeah. you take out the guns and then it can't shoot you anymore. <laughs> so I felt pretty stupid once I figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the boss battles in general. The first one, not so much. The first one is this little rocket turret in the middle of a room. Uh, yeah, I, that took a long time. Yeah, I didn't have good weapons to deal with it, and it spun around really fast, so it was hard to get to the weak spots on the back. It just took forever. It was crazy. I was like, why would they do this? Because you have to shoot these glowing orb thing. They're not, they're not orbs. They're, they're not even orbs. orbs. They're like, they look like Reese's Pieces cups. Like, just sort of <laughs> like these the yellow side. things attached to this huge rotating gun. But like, it moves so fast that it follows you. So you can never get in the position to actually shoot them. And then you have the little bouncy robots chasing after you the whole time. And yeah. <laughs> it seems like most stuff in this game moves faster than you do. Just like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why I really lamented not being able to have that extra bit of agility. Like, I felt like if I had a Jedi super jump Mm -hmm. in this game, (laughs) that that would have been so much fun. Mm -hmm. Or the dash that they ended up adding, I feel like that would have added a lot to the bullfighting with the gorilla. Mm -hmm. Uh, To be fair, sidestepping the gorilla feels really good. Yeah, when it works. Gorilla? The the big two-legged thing that charges you. Oh, yeah. That's That's the name of it. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I just sort of assumed it was the big guy that you was like, what part of the game was that? Yeah, that was oh, that one was called. And there was the uh, Grenadier. And then the bosses were Atlas, Shrimp, Cauldron, and Overseer. I assume Cauldron is this one that we hated. <laughs> it doesn't have any information on the wiki. Wow, people really hate that one. I mean, there's, there's relatively sparse information. Like, it does not have a, a huge presence online, as far as I've seen. So. Why do you think it, it got so many re-releases then? Was it just, like, a pet project of the company? Or is it, like, we're going to wring money out of this somehow? Or Yeah, I think they were pushing it to different platforms. Mm-hmm. I think probably the first release didn't, came out without a lot of fanfare, and so they were like, well, we'll just do that again next year mm. um, with some extra levels, and then port it to, to consoles. I had kind of the same issue with this game as I did with Painkiller, which is, like, Painkiller is another series that has a bunch of versions of itself, the same way that this one does. 
Um, like a lot of DLC, a lot of like sequels and stuff. And I really enjoyed Painkiller. It's it's the same kind of run and gun, except in a hell supernatural kind of world instead of a, like a cyberpunk one. And I really, really liked that game, except that I couldn't play it for very long. It's for people who like demons instead of electricity. Exactly. Um, and I don't, I don't know why it just gave me like a weird anxious feeling playing it. Like the, the aesthetic of it was just edgelord enough for me to be uncomfortable with it. But the reason that I fell off of this, there was a lot of like, I don't, I don't know that I'm actually good enough at shooters to play this game, but also I, I just got lost in, in a hub in the second level. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be going from here. And I don't, there's no UI that would tell me specifically. There's like the mission update, which is go do this thing. And I'm like, I don't know where that is. Right. Yeah, there wasn't even that. You get the objective yeah. and you can click whatever button to be like oh this is what the objective is but then you're like how do i get there yeah and you just wander around how did you feel about the level flow were you able did you get lost a little bit i didn't feel like it was that bad i don't think i was getting that frustrated there were a couple things that they did to sort of ease that for one there are lines literally just along the ground or along the walls that are power pipes Mm-hmm. That, that helped to see where the flow of uh, yeah. electricity was going. And since you're usually either needing to turn that thing on or go to the thing that turned on, you can just follow that for the most part. And then they also will, if you're going the right way, they will spawn enemies. Yep. Right. So it's like, <laughs> oh, there's there's a uh, robots over here, so I haven't been here. Yeah. In the DLC, they start doing a lot more with backtracking. In that first crusher area, you have to open the door, and then you're like, oh wait, this this is an electrified nightmare. I'm going to have to turn off all the, the power generators to this. And so you go back through the level you just came through, um, turning off the power generators one by one, and dealing with fights each time. And then when you get to the end of that, you go back to where the thing was. So you've crossed the same level multiple times. Mm. Um, yeah, that one was like, oh, just did this. Yeah, I think they're more successful with that in the next section where you have to drop the train car in order to cross the gap. Mm -hmm. That's the one where you walk up to the the bridge and then it suddenly shoots up into the sky because it got picked up by a crane. Yeah, and you're like, what the heck? (laughs) What do I do? Why would you do that to me? There were also a lot of collectibles in this game. A big part of it was finding these like secret corners and like exploding secret garages so you could get more XP or more ammo. Or something like that. They're called nano, but I don't know. I was like, what is this? And what is the point? But it, they were still fine. It's like your, fun to look for. It's your nano fuel. Fuel? I don't know. You're <laughs> making stuff. Up. I don't know. They're, they're called bars. Fill up twenty bars of nano. That's all they say. So it's uh, the they don't even. They don't even describe them as like upgrades or anything. Mm-hmm. Also, you're supposed to find secrets, but like, what are the secrets? In a lot of cases, secrets are particular nano drops. They'll usually be like plus two hundred or whatever mm. large nano um, items. I don't. They look like very Glowing dynamite almost. Yeah, they look like quake items. <laughs> yeah, what are those shapes? They just got like particle effects going on, and yeah, yeah, it's like vibranium, but. It looks like if you took a, a video card and then dropped a lot of candy on it. <laughs> what kind of candy? Like the orange candies, like the Mexican like lollipops and stuff like that. The, you ever had those? I, I have, but... I don't... You don't think they look like that a little bit? No. The, like the tamarind stuff? We're talking about the nano? Yeah, the orange ones. Especially the the like the long ones, because then you had the larger ones that look like power cores. I don't know. I don't know what the stuff is. <laughs> I know that sounds like a, a really good Saturday night, though. <laughs> yeah. So if you break open a wall, you haven't discovered a secret until you take the nano inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that if you collect a secret, like eventually there would be like some little subplot or like a written description oh, no. or something yeah. like oh, an no, actual no. secret like give me some information that no one else knows i would do a thing no no no, no, no. i mean that's usually the case in other video games when they have secrets it's like audio tapes or something yeah but this yeah. is this is the old school this is the yeah. quake approach of a secret is just a place that you didn't have to go <laughs> this is somewhere where you hugged the wall and then made an explosion where it was supposed to be and now you have extra ammo or whatever there'll often be nano that you could have seen through a gate or something mm-hmm. before but had no way to get to until you figure out later that you can backtrack in this area and go down the stairs and then you go back to the place that you were just on the other side of the gate mm-hmm. that was very satisfying actually when you would see it and be like 
oh, I can't get there yet. And then when I eventually made it, I was like, oh, I'm so smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good flow. Mm-hmm. It feels good to understand the layout of the game. Mm-hmm. And, oh, what yeah. level did you guys play it on? Normal. Baby. Baby. I played it on easy because I was like, <laughs> look, <laughs> I'm trying to finish the game, so let's go easy. Yeah. And you overachiever. Extremely yeah. easy, whichever the one above. I learned my was. lesson with Banner Saga that mm-hmm. you should just start easy. Yeah, I was this close to switching to easy to try to finish the game because I was down to the wire. I finished this game like an hour before the podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> also, I played the survival mode, which... There is a survival mode, first of all. What is survival mode? Uh, you click new game, and among the options are easy, normal, hard, insane, and survival. Mm-hmm. Which is misleading, because survival is not the main game at all. It's just a completely different thing. Mm. That uh, you'll go to some of the levels that you were in, and they'll like block it off into a particular hub section. Did you? There's an elevator trap in one of the levels. Did you see that? An elevator tra- Oh, I fell down the elevator. <laughs> Yeah. I just stepped to, because it drops. Yeah. And then I was like, what's the, oh. <laughs> yeah. And I fell and died. <laughs> yeah. So that, the room that that elevator was in, uh-huh. is one of these uh, survival arenas. And the way that it works is that uh, you'll have just a wave of enemies and we'll say there are seven enemies and they'll start off with the little ones that come after you. And you start off with no upgrades. Zero. It's a brand new game. Every round you get one upgrade. Maybe ten seconds to go pick your upgrade. I made it like five rounds in on easy. Uh, it gets tough. I, I think part of it is needing to prioritize your upgrades better. Because as soon as the gorillas got introduced, I started dying. Mm. But yeah, that's a mode I didn't mention before. But it's like wave-based, like you're in this one place and you're like defending it? or Yeah. That's what I thought it was. It kind of reminded me of like Call of Duty and zombies or something. And mm-hmm. I was like, nope, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it was alright to play once. I didn't enjoy it quite enough to want to explore all the nuance of those to, to get that good at it. Mm. But I, I do feel like the changes that I've heard in Redux might be the difference for me. Mm. Because in general, I enjoyed the game as is. I, I enjoyed the weapons themselves, and I enjoyed using them against the various enemies in creative ways. I just felt like I was too clumsy to do so in a joyous manner. Mm. And if that's what they fixed in Redux, then I feel like that could make this just a really enjoyable experience for me. As far as the art, this doesn't add anything to the discussion, but you work for the CLN, mm-hmm. and so you've got that on your back. The font, I swear, it just says clit. No! <laughs> oh god, that's right! Okay, kerning is a real issue with the font that they chose. So kerning is the space between letters. And if you are not careful with your letter distance and shape, they overlap and they make other words mm-hmm. that maybe you didn't want to actually have there. Yeah. So that's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aesthetically, though, it looks so cool. I yeah. Was just walking around like, oh, look at that. Like, this city is so cool. It kind of reminded me of, I don't know, it's probably not similar at all, but I was just thinking of Gotham. Because probably mm-hmm. just because of how dark it was mm-hmm. and because... You know, there's police cars just, like, abandoned and everywhere, and it's, like, it's so evil. So I was thinking it was, like, Gotham, but futuristic and very technical. I think that Parallels is a really good one, too, because there were, like, some parked cars that were that sort of muscle car with the really nice, like, curved lines on them. The sort of, like, Rolls-Royce kind of look- looking thing that in at least Batman the Animated Series, they have just all over the place. So I, I think that's pretty apt. Hmm. There was a parking garage, too, and I think the cars in there were pretty cool. Yeah, I remember that. I remember just, like, taking a, a moment while everything was exploding to be like, these are some cool cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you like it? Yeah. Obviously not well enough to finish it, but... <laughs> well, how much time did you put into it? Um, was it just a matter of time, or was it did it not connect with you and you weren't able to continue? It just didn't click with me, and getting lost derailed me completely. I think that if I had known what my next point of contact was going to be in that level, I would have at least gotten farther. But at that point, I was like, I, I'm not enjoying this game well enough to backtrack around and spend some time trying to rediscover the path of the level. So sorry that was your experience, because I was like, yeah. <laughs> Do you generally like first-person shooters? No. Really? Because I'm not good at them. But this one, I was like... 
I don't know what's going on, but I'm I'm kind of good at this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and I really like the guns too. I just like that it wasn't realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of like this fantasy type game. So I think that's maybe why I liked it more. And I really like the plasmic gun, and it just yeah. It was fun watching your your gun transform. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. And I, that, I think that made the upgrades a little bit extra special because you'd be like, "What shape is my hand going to turn into now?" <laughs> yeah, I think I was highly entertained at everything like each upgrade each time the ais were something different just how the city looked and i actually liked wandering around and trying to figure out how to turn the power off or turn the power on whereas like you were like man i'm not gonna walk around look for this i was like let's go look for the switch so so, i don't know i just i was very entertained and really into it that's awesome is there anything that struck you as being really potent or juicy for expanding into um, a deeper experience? My answer to that is that I really liked interacting with Switches. Mm-hmm. The way that they handled Switches in this game just felt good. Mm-hmm. And so if the levels supported uh, maybe a slightly more complex interplay between them, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it would still fit in a shooter. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it would be a puzzle game. But manipulating the world through these displays that power each other and you need to turn it on or destroy it or make a physical bridge between places, that level of environmental interaction seems like it could be an interesting way to explore the mechanics presented here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did anything strike you as inspiring? Uh, Again, just really dug all the UI stuff. Everything that happened in the menus, everything that, that happened when... Um, you had to upgrade or interact with with a button. Extremely good. What would you use that for? What would you take that lesson to? Well, if we're talking about like what we would expand it in the same game, then I probably would have leaned more into the sort of tower defense aspect hmm. of using instead of just sort of firing at the vent on the wall that'll explode into flames, I might do some kind of like programming aspect of like, okay, when this threshold is crossed, I want these two things to happen. I want to drop these bombs over here and then use the wind of the vent to push them towards the enemy or something. Oh, that reminds me. There are a couple of more unique environmental hazards. There is a vacuum vent on one of the levels that will suck little enemies up into the ceiling and explode them. Oh. And so you get swarmed by way, way too many of those and the gameplay intends for you to crisscross your backtracking across these vents to suck them up into the ceiling mm-hmm. while you're trying to fight them. And then later on in the factory, there's uh, these crushers that you turn on. Mm-hmm. And then you try to, to get the enemy to walk into those while you're fighting them. Right. That was challenging to also not get crushed. So yeah, it was challenging. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't check. I was Because they don't fully meet each other, I was wondering if maybe you... you it's large enough for you to stand in there? Mm-hmm. Will it kill you? I didn't stand there you to find know. out. <laughs> I didn't want to take the chance. Yeah. <laughs> really, it would just, if I were to like make a hard reset alike, it would probably be leaning into the interaction in the world when you weren't firing at things. Just the, the character and, and the sense of humor and the really good lighting and whatever optimization magic they used to, to make this run yeah. so smoothly and so nicely. Would you also add a map? Yeah, well, I would add waypoints, at least. If there was just, like, looking around, knowing that there's, like, a waypoint over there I need to go check out, or, like, any kind of description to, like, go to the club or whatever and open the door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really like this idea of treating it like a tower defense, where perhaps part of the gameplay would would be about activating or even placing turrets of various ilk. Mm-hmm. One of which could be this like radar stand, radar turret, so that you could invest your resources into pathfinding or into figuring out what the next thing is if you needed it to, or uh, maybe that could tie into the secrets that you were talking about and yeah. like being able to find out, triangulate this like extra cool thing. It sounds like the smart gun was like a step towards that, maybe. Yeah, every time they give you a lot of information, I really enjoyed it. The mm-hmm. more you could gather from the game through gameplay, the better, I thought. Yeah, like when it did have like the projector type thing, and it gave you some information. At first, the information wasn't helpful at all. I was like, why? This is useless. But then it showed you this huge machine, and it pointed out the weak points, and I was like, oh, 
I'm gonna have to fight this and this is how I defeat it. It reminded me of the Incredibles and like mm-hmm. the big thing that he had to defeat. Yeah. That was very helpful. Yeah, and I, I liked that aspect of because it, it wasn't quite audio logs or anything mm-hmm. um although it did tend to trigger dialogue between fletcher and novak mm-hmm. and it was just an, a nice display to get information in the game mm-hmm. what about you Kristen? was there anything that you found really inspiring or unique about this game that you would like to see expanded into something else or into something deeper i like the whole thing i don't know <laughs> <laughs> It just looked cool, and I felt cool playing it. That's good. That's all you want from a game, really. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I asked. That sounds very much in keeping with what the makers of Painkiller would have wanted for you. Mm-hmm. An aspect of the tower defense that sort of sets it aside from that genre is that once you've spent a hazard, it's done. You can't just keep using that same path yeah. in the same way. So uh, you have to conserve some things to mm-hmm. use later, because there's going to be more coming. I thought that was just like a way of thinking about the map that I wasn't used to, and that I was I really enjoyed getting a chance to try out. Yeah, I spent a lot of time optimizing or or managing my resources on the ground. Of like, okay, mm-hmm. this is where my ammo pickups and my health pickups are. Uh, don't pick them up yet. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Actually, one thing that I was thinking about that I think would be a lot of fun to try with a hard reset alike uh, would be to incorporate Ikaruga style. Uh, mechanics into it. Mm, can um, you explain that? Well, Ikaruga is a game, is a is a bullet hell shooter where you switch between shooting blue bullets and shooting red bullets. The blue bullets are whitish and the red bullets are blackish to sort of help them look extra distinct from each other. Huh? Um, <laughs> you have two color in in this other in this other game that's not hard reset that we're talking about. Ikaruga, you shoot these two different projectile colors and you switch between them. And when you're shooting blue bullets. Enemies shoot you with blue bullets, and those blue bullets do not damage you. The, the red, red bullets, bullets will kill, kill you. you, and if you switch to shooting red bullets, the red bullets will not kill you, will actually charge you up, and the blue bullets will kill you. So, we have two, <laughs> we have two guns in this game. Your ballistic and your energy. We have exploding barrels and EMP barrels. Mm-hmm. We have electrical sockets and the uh, gasoline ones. Like It seems like we have these two channels of damage that we're already discussing in this game. And I thought that it would be kind of cool if in switching weapon you could increase your defense against a particular type of thing. Like if you changed your shield type to be really strong against explosives. And so now I'm going to go run through the explosives because I'm not so worried about them blowing up in my face. But if the electricity hits me, I'm going to get really damaged. So I'll just switch back to, to the... So I thought that could have been cool. Although that reminds me, particularly about the shield... The only place I was not so thrilled with the audio direction in this game was when you take damage, mm. because I was not able to tell in the moment the difference between taking damage to my shields and taking damage to my face and taking damage that would kill me. The three different kinds of damage. <laughs> These are the three damage. Why would it have helped to know that? Because if you take damage to just your shield, then that health comes back, regenerates over time. And in fact, actually, your what your ammo just regenerates mm. up to a hundred. Your amp, what? Yeah. If, if you if you take it to zero, it'll go back up to a hundred if you just wait. Oh. But your max is like two hundred. <laughs> I didn't even let it go down to zero. That mm. just kept picking it up. Well, I'm sorry, you were just too good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the energy regenerated. Cool. Yeah, but I, I couldn't necessarily tell my character condition, my health, mm. just from the sounds that I was making. Because it would scream, and I would look over, and I'd be at 98 health. Be... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'd be like, what is... like, I'm taking so much damage! 89. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess that helps to make it frantic and make you feel like there's a lot of danger mm. um, without having as much danger. Like, with the Overseer, for example, that battle is, like, built up over four missions where they're, like, talking to you about, oh, the Overseer, they've built the perfect machine, thank God they've only made the one, and here are its weak points, so I'll have to find them individually over the course of the map, and mm-hmm. uh, and then you finally fight it, and it's a big vacuum and a rocket. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Is since it was a vacuum, then you had to lead it so that it would suck in the EMP things, which mm. pretty much kind of took care of it for you a little bit. And then you would just shoot the armor spots. Yeah, 
That was the thing that they had introduced a little bit earlier. There are these robots that just fly overhead and carry barrels, and you can shoot them, and they'll drop the barrel. And I really liked that, especially since that's such a core part of this game's environmental combat. Mm. Being able to electively add environmental hazards to the arena was kind of cool. And also, I spent some time treating it like a screensaver where I just I stood there for probably five minutes and just shot these things down <laughs> to like collect all these barrels. That was during the Overseer? No, this was earlier. Uh, I didn't know you'd do that. It was fun. <laughs> And if the barrels hit each other, they do damage. And so if you start getting too many barrels, they'll start blowing each other up. Just from falling on each other. Mm-hmm. This is kind of fun. And that's the, that world reactivity that I think gives this game uh, a lot of the appeal, a lot of that just joy that it has. Yeah. Um, if you couldn't interact with stuff as much, I don't think it would have been very fun. If it was just like a straight up and down shooter? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I had purpose. So that's the thing we're learning. Shoot more than your enemies. <laughs> Well, it took me seven hours to complete. How long did it take? Pretty reasonable for a shooter. I think I'm probably around seven or eight hours. The levels were about a half an hour long, although they get longer towards the end. Probably a couple of that took me an hour. Oh, and I do have a question, which you guys might not know the answer to. I want to know what you get points for, because it would say that the level was like out of 300 points, and I would have like... 98 and i'm like well what was i supposed to do because like i killed everything and you know i don't know you're supposed to find the secrets well i didn't always find, i usually found like maybe like three out of eight or something mm. you're supposed to take as little damage as possible so it's like a combination of like you're supposed all to things. make as many environmental kills as possible and do it in as little time as possible Oh, okay. Most of my damage did not come from the environment. It might be like 12% or something. Yeah. I think I would top out around 25% maybe. But yeah, that's Hard Reset. Uh, if you have any questions, insights, or anecdotes about the game, please write in at backlog at tcabbage.com. Uh, I'd love to hear more about, uh, especially how this game differs from the Redux, because I found out about that after we had started playing into this one already, and I was like, well, we already started, so we'll just see this through. But if you've got stories to tell us, write in at backlog at tcabbage.com, and next time we will be playing Burn Zombie Burn, courtesy of Christian Selection, so let's find out what that is. And if you have anything to tell us about that, or if there are multiple versions that we should do the better one, <laughs> maybe let me know before we start. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the background. Yeah. Bye-bye! <laughs>